Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Well, happy International Women's Day to all the listeners around Australia and around the world. To commemorate and celebrate the struggle of women for emancipation and working class solidarity, Today I broadcast a speech by my favourite mentor and feminist, my fellow countrywoman, Noel Al-Sardawi. Al-Sardawi died in March last year, so we're coming up to the one-year anniversary of her death. This speech is called Creativity, Dissidence and Women and was delivered five months after the start of the Egyptian Revolution in May 2011. All of us, we are all born creative. Creativity is not a gift that comes to us from heaven. It it is something inside us. We are born with it, men and women, female and male, black and white, poor and rich. But we lose this creativity by the way we are brought up, by education, by the educational system. I teach creativity and dissidence. And usually, the first class when I go to to my class, I tell them, I cannot teach creativity. I cannot teach dissidence. But what I can do is to undo what education did to you. (laughs) This is the educational system all over the world. It's a global problem. And I, I I have been teaching in the U.S. for years in different universities, from Seattle to to New York to Florida to Illinois, and I felt there is something wrong with the educational system. The way I was educated was very wrong. I went to the medical college, and in fact, usually I make a joke and say I was much more knowledgeable before I entered the medical college than when I graduated. Because the way we are educated is so wrong. We receive what what we call fragmented knowledge. I graduated from the medical college not understanding the world. I was a surgeon, chest, chest surgeon and then chest physician, and I shifted to psychiatry. But I felt I am I, I know about the chest, about the lungs but I don't know about the whole body, or the psychology, or the individual in a society, in a political system. And I was treating people with tuberculosis. And you know that those people who are sick with tuberculosis, uh, they become sick because they are poor, and because they work very hard, so they lose their immunity. For instance, in this hall, there, there are a lot of viruses, a lot, including the bacilli of the tuberculosis. But we are not infected because our body is built well, we ate well, we are not exhausted, we belong to the middle class. Most of the people who were my patients in, in, in the chest diseases were poor people, working class. They do not eat well and they work hard and peasants and they become sick. So I, I, I made a, a connection between poverty and sickness, and between poverty and politics. 
because poverty means there is a problem in the economic system. Why people become poor and why people become rich. So that's how I became, I started to understand creativity because creativity is this connection between literature, politics, economics, sexuality, history, religions, and all that. But when we are educated, we are educated in a very fragmentary way. We receive pseudo-knowledge, not real knowledge. So I had to re-educate myself. And especially as a doctor, when I saw girls, infants, babies, male and female, they were cut. Part of their genital organs were cut under the name circumcision male circumcision or female circumcision. And every society, they give justification to that. Some give religious, some give medical reasons for health or cleanliness. I was not convinced. Creativity is to use our common sense, to use our brains. But education prevent us from losing our brains. We use the brains of our professors, and we quote them all the time. We never quote ourselves, and we lose self-confidence by education, because that's how the educational system serves the political system. Each political system has a certain a system of education to control the mind of the people. Without controlling the mind of the people, you cannot rule them. You cannot dominate them. And this is universal. And the education system is more or less a police system to control the mind. It's like to veil the mind, in fact. So my mind was veiled when I, when I graduated from the medical college. I was a very good surgeon, very good physician, and, but I was ignorant of what's happening in the world or in Egypt. Why pe I, I ask myself, why people become poor? Why they have tuberculosis? Why, 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 why the society is divided to poor and rich and classes? Why men oppress women? Why children are cut, etc. So the, this questioning, we are prevented from uh, these questions by education. We become obedient to the system, to the professors, to university. And good education means to create disobedience. That's when, I, when, I, when they ask me, what's good education? I said to create dissatisfaction, to create disobedience. <laughs> and what is dissidence? Dissidence is to say no to a system that is very unjust. If the law is unjust, I have to break it. It's my right. This is common sense. Creativity means common sense. And those are questions that come to all of us in childhood. We are all in the same boat. I don't divide the world into West and East, or America or Egypt. We live in one world, not three worlds, dominated by the same patriarchal capitalist system that oppress the poor and women. Women and poor are oppressed in, the pol in all political systems, in all religions. In all social cultures, they are oppressed because we live in one world dominated by the same civilization, 
the same. It's, it's more or less like a slave system. In fact, usually I call it the postmodern slave system because we are still living in a very unjust world. You know, you see now that troops are going to Libya. Of course I am against Gaddafi, but why should we kill people by war? We can deal with him, but not with war. Look how many people were killed in Iraq, in Palestine, every, in Afghanistan, everywhere. There is war everywhere. So we, we ask ourselves, why? Common sense, why there is war? Why a big country like the United States or France or Britain go and invade small countries to take their oil or cotton as the British came to Egypt, invaded us and took our cotton? And I, I was a child under the British colonialism and that's why I rebelled. I demonstrated against the British when I was young. That's all creativity related to creativity and dissidence. The more we rebel, the more we say no to oppression, we become creative. We lose our creativity when we obey because our minds stop. There is a relationship between creativity and the ability to criticize, even to criticize myself, to criticize my father, my mother, to criticize God. My father gave me a very good lesson when I was a child. He told me, if you read the Bible or the Quran, because as Muslims we have to believe in the three holy books. If you read, and I read them when I was in school, and I was not convinced as a child. I was not convinced because I felt a lot of injustices. Why women are inferior? Why? So I was not convinced. And they used God against me all the time. Any time I want to, to have my freedom as a human being, as a girl, as a woman, they tell me, no, 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 no. God did not say that. God said you should obey. There is a relationship between obedience and religion. And there is also a relationship between fear and religion. In English, you say he's a very good person. He is God-fearing. But this is very wrong, because you, you cannot love God if you fear him. Love and fear cannot be in one heart. You, you cannot live together, love, love and fear. So if you fear God, you cannot love him or her, him or her. So I, and I think all children were suspicious of the way we were taught religion. But my grandmother, who was a peasant, she was a very, very intelligent woman, and she never read the Quran because she was illiterate. But she rebelled against the mayor, like God dies. In fact, the, the novel, Good Dies by the Nile, I was inspired by my grandmother and my aunts, one of them, Zakia. Zakia was one of my aunts. This novel, God Dies by the Nile, is a real. It's a real, it's, I am inspired by reality. So there is no separation between facts and fiction or imagination and reality. So this novel is real about my aunts, my grandmother, and how they were oppressed by the British colonialism, by the mayor, by King Farouk. 
But she gave me the best lesson in life, in religion, in politics, in philosophy. She used to rebel against the mayor. And when he told her, you woman illiterate, you do not know God, you didn't read the Quran, she told him, who told you that God is a book? God is not a book. <laughs> you see? God is not a book. God is justice. And we know him by our mind. Uh, I'll say it in Arabic for those who know Arabic. This is the first lesson in good religion and in good philosophy. So people who worship the Bible or the Quran, and they, they think or pray or go to Mecca or all that, this is not religion. Because they go to Mecca and read the Quran or the Bible and then they kill and they steal and they do oppress other people. So what's this? So if, if really I am a good person, I must fight for justice. This means I know God, because God is justice. So that's how I was taught when I was a child. And then my father came, though he graduated from Azhar, which he, he was an Islamic scholar. And he, he, he told me, if you read, because as you read in my autobiography, uh, my, my, uh, we were three students, very, very close together, a Jewish girl, called Sarah, and a Coptic Christian girl called Isis, and myself. We were very good friends. We never, never felt what's the meaning of being Christian or Muslim or Jew. We were friends, we loved each other, but it was the school that divided us and said, you are a Muslim, you go and read the Quran. You are a Christian, go and read the New Testament. You are a Jew, you go and read the Old Testament. So the school, the educational system is the system that divided us, divide and rule. So that's why the education, education is used to serve the political system and to divide people by religion or by color or anything. But my father, and also we, we used to read some parts together, the Jew, the Christian, the Muslim, in, in primary school. And I used to go to church with them, and they came to me to the mosque. So we were living together, very tolerant. And we read some verses that we were not convinced in the Old Testament, in the, in the New Testament, and in the Quran. I, I can give you an example, but you read my, my autobiography, and, and you can remember, because I wrote the verses that are very, very strange, that cannot convince anybody in the three holy books. So I used to go to my father and tell him, what's that? So he told me, if you are not convinced, criticize. Even criticize God. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So this, he helped me to get rid of the fear of God, that I can read a holy book and then criticize it. So in fact, this helped me a great deal in criticizing the president after that. <laughs> because if, if you are a child and you can have a critical mind to criticize God, then you can criticize anybody. You can criticize your father, your mother, your husband, anything. Because your mind is built in this courage. Creativity means courage. 
and we are full of fears. We are born in fear. We live in fear and we die in fear. To be afraid of everything, of political authority, of going to prison, of uh, going to exile, of afraid of divorce if I, uh, if I don't accept my, the treatment of my husband. Many women are afraid of divorce. I divorced three husbands, just to write, <laughs> just to write. <laughs> and each time I make a divorce, I, people are amazed and they say, why? And they blame me. They don't understand because we live in a patriarchal system and even if a woman is oppressed and she divorces her husband or he divorces her, she is the one to be blamed. But I didn't care. You know, this courage came from childhood. That's why it's very important to, to have this ability to criticize when we are children. Uh, connections also is very important. Connections. We have to connect. I know that it's very difficult. I have many colleagues, medical doctors, who cannot connect between medicine and literature, or facts and fiction, or the physical, the mental, and the spiritual, or the, the social, or the political, because we are, we are trained in, in this fragmentary way. I teach creativity and dissidence for years now, and I think we need it very much to undo this split between very important areas in our life. In our real life, we don't separate between economics and sexuality. Because we go to work, that's economics. I have a salary. Then I go to bed with my husband, that's sexuality. So we do everything in our life. Politics, economics, sexuality. But when we study, we don't study real life. We study abstract life. And this damages our creativity, our ability to connect. I am supposed to speak only for 30 minutes, and then I will open for discussion. But I, yes, but no. But I would like to make, I, I would like to make some uh, comments in relation to what's happening now in the world. You know that uh, uh, you heard about the Egyptian revolution and I was part of it. And, <laughs> and uh, in fact, I was in the middle of a novel when the revolution started. And I lived in Tahrir Square with the young men and women, and the old too, because they were all people from all sectors in Tahrir Square, even mothers with suckling babies. They slept under the tents in the cold, under the rain, in Tahrir Square. And so, living those two weeks or more until Mubarak resigned, he was ready to burn Egypt to keep his power. Like Gaddafi, those abs absolute power make dictators mad, like Hitler, like uh, Saddam Hussein, like Mubarak, like Sadat, like Gaddafi, like George Bush, like Obama. <laughs> They are all dictators. They, I, am, I am very critical of democracy in US. You cannot have democracy under patriarchy or capitalism or imperialism. 
So, when I lived in Tahrir Square, the revolution has a very, very creative spirit and very infectious. You know that uh, the Egyptian revolution and the Tunisian inspired many, many people in many countries, not only in our region, in Bahrain, in uh, Libya, in Syria now, Syria, in yeah. Morocco, everywhere, and in Wisconsin, even in Wisconsin, yes. I hope, I hope that the revolution will come here to New Jersey. I hope. Uh, not New Jersey, to, to New York, to New York State. I hope that uh, new, uh, all the states, because the people are the people. We are similar. We have the same hopes. We are, we, we are dreaming of justice, freedom, love, equality between people. So all people are dreaming of the revolution that happened in Egypt. That's why the unions in Wisconsin now, are, they, they want the rights of the working class. So I think one day the American people will revolt in every state. It's natural. I think it's natural. And it will come. So we have to, we have to play a part. And it is, it is related to creativity. Creativity is very revolutionary. People who are creative, why should we write? Because we are dreaming of a revolution for justice, freedom, love. This dream make us write, and this dream make us go to prison and to exile. Some people ask me, why did you go to prison? I said, because I'm dreaming of freedom, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you, you go to prison, it's very contradictory. You go to prison because you love freedom, you know? So it's like that, but the, the revolution has a very infectious spirit and also creative spirit. So when I lived the, the revolution in Tahrir Square, I went back to my novel, which I was writing, and I felt it cold, superficial, relative. I changed. I became another person, more deep, more genuine, um, uh, more enlightened about life. So I, I just threw away my novel, and I'm starting a new one. <laughs> I would, I would like to end by saying something before we open for discussion. That many people, uh, the people here in, in, in the so-called West or in the US or Europe, sometimes they don't understand very much us. They don't understand us. They, they think we are different. Or they think that Muslims are different from Christians or Jews, etc or that Islam is very different from Christianity or Judaism, which is wrong. I spent years, 10 years, comparing the three holy books because I was interested in religion, to see why I am inferior in all religions. Why? I have to study it. <laughs> and because as a Muslim, I, has, I have to believe in the three holy books. As a Muslim, it's a must that I should believe in Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, or I will not be a Muslim. That's why I started studying the three religions in which I should believe. Many people, they inherit 
Of course, most of us inherited religion. And then we kill ourselves because we have different religions. But we inherited it. But I studied them. And I wanted to know exactly what's that. And then I discovered something very strange, that they are similar. And the differences are very, very minute. And women are inferior in all religions, in all. Similar in relation to virginity, to double standards, in relation to honor killing, in all this in the three books. So I, I felt that I should do something. I should write about that. And I was punished severely because of that. Religion is a sensitive, very sensitive issue, especially in our region. Also, what's important is religion is used politically to oppress people. And neocolonialism and religious fundamentalism are two faces of the same coin. <laughs> and to make it short, to make it short, usually I say Bin Laden and George Bush are twins. They are twins because they work together and then they quarrel together. And that's why this explained the revival of religions all over the world. Even in uh, here, in the Bible Bent, I, I was a professor in Atlanta for two years. So I noticed how the people in the South here, they become religious. And of course, you know about the, the Christian coalition in the US and Jewish fundamentalism and Islamic fundamentalism. So we know that all this phenomena is political and we have to under, to, we have to connect religion to politics and to economics so that in order to, to be able to fight back. Noel Al-Tawdawi on creativity, dissidence and women in May 2011 to commemorate and celebrate International Women's Day. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kunjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.